This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. So many things going on around our country right now. And most of them are just enough to make you turn off the news every night. What's going on, folks? Welcome to another edition of The Clay Young Show here on Podcast225.com. Very, very excited about what's coming in the future to the podcast website. We've got some revamps on the way, some different things that we're going to be doing, some possibly new shows that we're working on now, and I'm pretty excited about the direction we're going in. Don't forget, as always, you can email me to tell me what you think about our shows, to offer guests to us. Uh, We try to respond to every email we get, and certainly when the guest suggestion is great, we try to accommodate that suggestion by reaching out to said guest. Wow. Um, I don't know where to begin. I, I will tell you this. I have got some thoughts about a couple of things that have happened here recently and I don't want to get into it now because I really don't want it to be a downer before we have a discussion with Paul Arrigo and Michael Day about this upcoming hotel motel tax as it's called or as people name it you know and it's it's a good discussion as a matter of fact Paul Arrigo as you will learn, breaks down why this tax will benefit this region. And Michael Day, if you don't know, is the president of the Raisin Cane's River Center, long time known as the Centroplex, and it took me a while to get used to calling it the River Center, and now i got to remember it's the Raisin Cane's. Not raising. Not raising. If you're from here, you know that. It's not raising. It's raisin. Raisin. Without the G, the Raisin Canes River Center. Not raisin, like the fruit or whatever. Raisin, you know what I mean. So he'll be on the show to talk with us about the impact it'll have on the Raisin Canes River Center. Uh, and I think because we've already had the discussion, I think you'll find it very, very enlightening. And then I'd like you to stick around if you can, because I, I've got some thoughts on our priorities and the things that we are getting so fired up about and some things that are happening right under our nose that nobody just seems to care about. But again, I didn't want to do that in the beginning because I didn't want it to be a downer to the great discussion that we're getting ready to have. And that discussion with Paul Arrigo with Visit Baton Rouge and Michael Day with the Raisin Cane's River Center is next. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 mobile app. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, let's talk about another myth. And here's one that you'll need less income when you're retired than you need while you're working. Well, Clay, I guess it's who you're married to, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's Maybe. A, that, yeah, the point being is uh, like the joke is men tell me all the time, Brian, I don't need any money. Right. With my wife, I need money. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's a joke. I love uh-huh. you ladies out mm-hmm. there. But yeah. the point is, 
the point being is, you know, how much income do you need? You know, we all underestimate our expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to do. Let's just be factual about yeah. it. Let's yeah. pull the last three month statements of your credit card and right. your bank statement and see right. what you're really spending. Mm-hmm. Let's do an income plan. I want to challenge you. Let's do the math. The math doesn't lie. Right. And uh, we'll figure out what your true income plan is. Get your husband retired. And then question is, what, do you, what does he do with his free time? Mm-hmm. Uh, create some new hobby. Uh, give back to the community. Let's figure what that out may be. So give me a call. We'll get you started. He's been doing it for 20 years, and he can help you. He's Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Back with Paul Arrigo, the longtime CEO and president of Visit Baton Rouge, and Michael Day with the Raisin Canes River Center. It's taken me a long time to do that. Look, you know how long it took me to not say Centroplex, Paul, and now River Center, now Raisin Cane's River Center. Gentlemen, how are y'all? Doing great. Doing great, Clay, and thanks for this opportunity. And I, too, had a little bit of an issue swinging over to Raisin Cane's, but I'm still calling a Marriott the Hilton on Hilton. <laughs> but, but I'm getting beyond that, you know? Some things just don't change. Well, we got a lot to talk about here. Uh, There is a tax coming up that uh, benefits Visit Baton Rouge, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that. But for people who may not be aware of what Visit Baton Rouge is, uh, explain to them what it is. Actually, thank you, Clay. We are an independent uh, political subdivision of the state. We are not part of city government, part of the Mm -hmm. chamber, part of downtown development, nor part of the Raisin Cane's River Center, although they are all partners. We are governed by a 10-person board that is uh, uh, hospitality professionals. Uh, in layman's terms, we are the marketing arm for the area when it comes to promoting and uh, pursuing conferences, conventions, special mm-hmm. events, um, sporting events, etc., that benefit the community through economic development. And in lots of cities... Visit Baton Rouge, and it formerly was here called the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mm-hmm. And so when big groups are, are competing or looking to come to cities and cities are competing to get major conferences or concerts or what have you, you are the arm of the region that goes and competes for these, correct? That, that is correct. And we are supported by a hotel tax that is uh, um uh, imposed and collected on hotels in East Baton Rouge Parish, and uh, that's what we're currently using as our marketing um, uh, arm armor to, yeah. to pursue these types of events, etc. Talk a little bit, and then I'll get Michael. I want you to come in on this one, too. So for people who live in, in Baton Rouge and in the greater Baton Rouge area, when a conference, say, for instance, the Bowling Congress Correct. that was that was coming here and they spend money here, the obvious question is, how does that impact me? How does that impact the citizen of the city? That's a good question. And and the point is, when we just we just finished up the women bowlers in Baton Rouge, and uh, that brought in some twenty million dollars of, of 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 expenditures in the parish. That also employed thousands of persons, mm-hmm. thousands of persons from throughout the entire parish, North Baton Rouge, South Baton Rouge all around Baton Rouge. Those individuals then spent their money on retail and services, etc. The 18 or so thousand women bowlers who came to town bought at restaurants. They bought retail. They employed persons through that process. Hmm. So visitation touches all of us 
yet a visitor does not utilize the normal services provided by a city. Sure, they drive on our roads, but thank God they don't need the fire department. Hopefully they won't need the police department. (laughs) They don't put strain on the schools. They, They spend money. It's free money for the most part. Mike, with with what the River Center has seen in terms of renovations over the years and some of the expansions, I'll, I'll go backwards first before talking about a little bit of the impact on you. For people who remember now this last three, four months, Raising Cane's River Center, the naming rights, what does that mean for the River Center? Well, you know, uh, Clay, you mentioned that the River Center has had a lot of work and improvements done. It really hasn't. There's been a couple expansions in the okay. exhibition hall and the Galleria. Okay. But you remember that the, the arena, the ballroom, and the theater were built in 1977, and yeah. really very little has been done wow. to those. So, um, you know, uh, in terms of partnering with Raising Canes, that's mm-hmm. just a great local partner. And uh, I will tell you just from all my meetings, Todd Graves really loves this city and just wants He's to make a great him, guy. He is, and he just wants to make improvements here. Yeah, and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't do things necessarily to on the, the least expensive way he can. He does things that he thinks is be- best right. and beneficial to not only his business but also to Baton Rouge. So you know, having that naming rights just brings the River Center up to a, mm-hmm. to a to a new level in public facilities, um, which is really important to to cities. You know. Yeah. Uh, Visit Baton Rouge is a great and important partner for the River Center business. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at the events, we have over 350 events a year. People are shocked when they hear that number because 350 events a year that we run at the River Center, people only see the ticketed events. But there's far more that goes on there. Yeah. But of those 350 events, the events that are really looked at and studied the most are the big conventions and trade mm-hmm. shows, most of which, almost entirely, that Visit Baton Rouge is bringing yeah. to Baton Rouge. We we don't get all of them. Yeah. We, you know, we, The bigger ones obviously come to the River Center. But when you look at 2015, which was one of the, the really good years in conventions, 13 of the conventions had a $25 million indirect economic impact in downtown. Yeah. And... You know, it's not just downtown. I have I have forty full time employees and four hundred part time employees. They don't live downtown. Right. They live all over the parish. Right. And the more events we do, the more money they make. They can go bowling and buy gas and groceries yeah. in their neighborhoods. Yeah. So it benefits all. You know, and you think about it. You traveling into cities. I move around a lot, and you see these convention centers or arenas that are in these areas surrounded by hotels, mm-hmm. so that it makes it. A lot more feasible to do an event there and then be able to get to and from whatever your overnight accommodations are. If you had to grade where downtown Baton Rouge is now in terms of moving to an ideal setup, how far off are we in, in, in your guys' opinion? And then obviously it takes money, but what's the plan there? Well, you know, I think I think there's two things we need to look at. One, Michael mentioned the conventions that do go downtown, and he mentioned some 13 or 14 in uh, 2015. Uh, I think the expenditures in 2016, this is cool, payroll was uh, $343 million. That's what citizens got here, uh, payroll. But let's talk about what we have. Yes, we, are, we have a certain amount of facilities downtown, including museums, convention yeah. center, arena, yeah. theater, yeah. and hotels. We also have a certain number of convention-type hotels on College Drive and further out. So 
we we have what we have an assortment of opportunities that a convention can select for their location and yeah. most of our conventions 90 some odd percent of our conventions are not within the river center most of them are within the yeah. confines of a hotel but let's just talk about downtown for a second downtown with the river center the theater the arena the museums and some 1200 rooms or so does give us a certain package that is is good what it's going to take now for us to compete with similar cities and listen i'm talking about mobile shreveport jackson mississippi it's going to take a certain amount of money to bring in conventions this summer we had three back-to-back large groups of um, religious convention five thousand persons for three weekends out of four this summer with that we had to provide parking busing other accommodations etc it came to over 20 some odd thousand dollars a weekend but it's worth it to compete with other cities for conventions and sporting events, yeah, it's going to take money. Well, it, what's the ROI in in your opinion in terms of the investment made into not just downtown and the River Center, but a, across the parish? the The investment we make is going to bring what ROI? Because we're going to transition into the tax here right. in a second. Well, let's look right now. 99% of our revenue is from out-of-town visitors right. who leave tax money here. Right. 3%. Right. 99%. There are some local people who stay in hotels. Okay. But the vast majority of our budget of $4.5 million is, is left behind by visitors who pay a 3% hotel tax. Right. So right now we're looking at uh, $896 million, $897 million of expenditures by visitors. So there we go. We got almost a billion dollars spent. Really? And here we are using local uh, resources like the hotels and what have you, uh, fueling that with the visitor money that's spent here. It's like a, a perpetual motion machine. They spend more money. Yeah. We keep it. We move it on to marketing this area and bringing in more visitors. You know, Michael, go, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to add, it, it is it is a great engine that just replenishes itself and builds momentum. But, you know, I, I think we're a little behind some of the other yeah. cities. You know, Paul, it's one of my favorite examples because, I, you know, I love I love baseball. And, you know, when LSU goes and plays in Omaha, everybody's going there and paying, yep. you know, more for their hotel sales tax yep. than they do. And that's really not a decision factor that people look when they're when they're when they're planning right. their business or their pleasure trips. Yeah. And and it's a competitive it's a competitive world out there to bring in these big events, uh, whether it's conventions or concerts or, or, or you know, or, or, or you know, or, or the larger concerts sure. or, or, and events or what have you. But you know, those other cities are doing it. So I think that also something to consider is the cost of, mm-hmm. of not moving forward and being competitive. Yeah, you know, I was in Dallas maybe um, six weeks ago on business, and that whole area, uh, you know, with all of the hotels and 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 the the. The flow of traffic moving through downtown Dallas, and you see it, and you pay that fee. Mm-hmm. Hell, I was in Shreveport four days ago, and you pay it there. They tell you when you make the reservation, you know, and in addition to the room, <laughs> here's the tax and the That's whole right. thing that goes along with it, and I'm up there a lot. So I think people here get it. And, you know, I think we are often accused in this part of the world of being closed off to these kinds of things, and some people are. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, it's having understood, or when they have an understanding of what you're doing, they get it. And you just said before we came on air that you know once you explain to people what it is, the light bulb goes off. You know, when you think about it, we you, 
in a couple of weeks, we'll be playing, LSU will be playing up in Knoxville, where mm-hmm. they will be paying a 17% tax. Mm-hmm. Our hotel rates are relatively low, among the lowest in the country. Now, no doubt. Let me tell you who's going to pay this additional tax that we're that the voters will have an opportunity to vote on the 18th of November. Let me tell you, for informational purposes only, who will pay that tax? The visitor who comes in from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Starkville, Mississippi, Knoxville, Tennessee, Gainesville, Florida, Houston, Texas, Dallas. The visitor will pay an additional 2% that will be utilized to upgrade the River Center, Mm -hmm. uh, Raising Cane River Center Arena, which is over 40 years old. And we we can use the additional 1% to pursue future conferences, conventions, sporting events, et cetera, similar to what Shreveport is doing. Shreveport imposed that tax two years ago, and they are utilizing it to uh, pursue sporting events, et cetera. And that's what we want to do. Absolutely. You know, in that area, there, because Shreveport and Bossier are right there, you know, opposite sides of the red. Mm -hmm. And on the Bossier side, where they've got, say, the horseshoe, they've also got the boardwalk, the Mm -hmm. the outdoor mall area there. So you can cross that little bridge. And downtown Shreveport is really starting to, to, to develop in there. You know, they're pushing for some of the same things you're talking about. So, okay. People who live in Baton Rouge or in the Baton Rouge area who are going to be voting for this tax Mm -hmm. one way or the other, if they vote for it, what are they getting? I know you you talked about renovations, but let's define what those renovations to the River Center will look like, and then what else will they be getting? Okay, first of all, the the vote will be on the... Uh, 18th of November, right, and the and it will affect a two percent tax on hotels within East Baton Rouge Parish, excluding those within the municipalities of Central okay. Baker, Zachary, and the North Economic Development District. The North Economic Development District has imposed the tax last time. We don't think an additional tax on that would be appropriate. Therefore, it will basically affect hotels south of Florida for the most part. What will they get for that? What will the, the, the voter get? First of all, the voter will not be paying the tax unless mm-hmm. the voter stays in a hotel. One, right. it is not a tax that they pay. Yeah. Two, the money will be utilized by Visit Baton Rouge, dedicated to pursue conferences, conventions, special events, mm-hmm. large concerts, those events that bring visitors in. We will upgrade both promotion-wise and program-wise the existing festivals that we feel we can grow into uh, visitor Events. We mm-hmm. want to bring more visitors to Baton Rouge, thereby yeah. spending more money, yeah. enhancing the economy. I can't tell you what he's going to do with the money because I hate to say the things that the River Center needs because, really, it would it, it, it makes me feel terrible that we've got to sell the building, but I know he's going to tell you what we yeah. can do to upgrade it. <laughs> well, uh, you know— I have a little joke, little saying with my, with uh, with folks, and that is, when it rains outside, it rains inside <laughs> at the River Center. And oh, you you got to remember that you know Paul said it's over forty years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we have a building that is uh, that is beyond its lifespan in, in many areas. Yeah. But also buildings that are public buildings that are designed today have a different philosophy mm-hmm. and it, that that is that is. Uh, that is driving it. Yeah. You know, back in the late seventies and eighties, it was just get people in and out as fast as can, right. A to B. Yeah. No guest experience. Customer service wasn't so important. Sure, uh, but now it's different. People want to have a great experience, and you know, I'm a real proponent of you know, like say carpe diem. You know, it's important in society. Seize the day. Yes. Yeah, man. People <laughs> got to get off the couch and put the remote yeah. control down and come out yes. and be in, yeah. entertained and enriched and enjoy the life that they have. Yeah. and and it's important for us to provide that for our culture yeah we don't want people to go back to be cavemen and sit on their yeah. couch yeah come on out and, and, and when they come 
to any public facility. And mm-hmm. for me, the River Center is what I manage. You know, I want them to have a great experience. What does that mean, though, when you say great experience? Give, give us some examples of what you mean. Well, you know... Um, People now like to they like to interact. You see, mm-hmm. pic- people take pictures on their phones of whether the food they're eating or what have you. And yeah. They text it, "Hey, look at me!" You know, they don't want to take selfies. Sure. So in today's world, you just can't get them in, get them out, and give them the basic concessions. You know, we've already introduced a couple specialty food outlets there at the arena. We have the Smokehouse Cafe, mm-hmm. and we have the Ma Rouge Pizza and Po' right. Boy. And when people come down and they they're surprised because they think we just have the pretzels and the hot dogs and the basic right. concession. Right. So we're we're making those improvements, but we're doing it in a very small footprint. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very tight in in the arena when we have big events and trying to get in and out of the bathrooms yeah. and concessions. Yeah. So we want to open it up. You want to have yeah. a food circus. You want people to have choices. You want them to have places where they can interact with people. Mm-hmm. And you got to have a big wipe five backbone yeah so people can communicate when they're in the venue yeah so you know those are some of the things that are that are changing in our design and management of public facilities that was not on the radar in 1977 when these were built what about the parking situation down there you know paulie i I come down for either an event or maybe lunch or come down for dinner and that really is the big thing for lots of people who love being downtown it's the thing they talk about the most is that the, the parking situation is not ideal it's i know it can't happen overnight and and mm-hmm. it, it's going to take some time but what's the plan there you know i've lived in three cities i've lived in new orleans i've lived in washington dc and of course here in in bat rouge and this city likes to tie the horse up in front of a saloon you know <laughs> we, we need to get used to vertical and horizontal parking there is tremendous amount of parking opportunities downtown, particularly when these evening and weekend events uh, occur at the River Center. But I know that they've got uh, the, uh, the the garage there by the River Center that's going to mm-hmm. be going through some some management changes. Sure. We know that there's there's a certain amount of parking downtown, and you know, Clay, I, that's a good reason why visitors. We need to sell this this. Uh, uh, bringing more visitors into this community because visitors will park at the hotel and walk to the River Center, although so therefore using less parking space. Yeah. That's the first thing. Uh, the other thing, like 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 Michael had mentioned, as far as the um, the experience at the River Center, if we can continue to bring in the kind of acts like Elton John that bring not only enhances the local yeah. economy through local expenditures, but brings visitors in town from Lafayette, from yeah. Texas, from Mississippi. Yeah. Man, I love bringing money from somewhere else and have We're in a transfer business. Sure. We transfer <laughs> money from other people's pockets into pockets of our, our own That's citizens. Right. That's right. Yeah, just to, to jump on the parking thing, is, you know, we are involved uh, in working with the city. There was an RFP, um, mm-hmm. and we are the minor in the RFP. But, but there is going to be a, a, a change in management of the parking garages. And one thing that I've seen from other uh, cities and locations. People are willing to pay oh, sure. if they have a good yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to come down to an event and go, God, I don't know where I'm going to park. Right. I'm going to have to walk four or five blocks. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to rain or be you know, muggy and hot or what have you. So those there's there's uh, plenty of parking right there mm-hmm. connected. Uh, just the management of it is going to be changed in the sense that you're going to have multiple people collecting, yeah. people helping people get in and out of spots. If you know you can get in and out quickly and easily uh, and it's going to be managed properly as it will be yeah i think people are going to be happy to see those changes and hopefully they're going to be coming in the next three to six months how, how long what's what's the duration of the tax the tax is a new tax and it, and, and, it, and it has no uh set on it for a variety of reasons no sunset no sunset okay. and, and the reason being 
And that's a very good question, Clay. The reason being is that one one of the two percent is going to the river center. Now that needs to be bonded over time. Right. Therefore, that one percent, which equates to about a little million, million three a year, mm-hmm. can therefore be bonded into considerably more thirty, forty million dollars right. that they can get their their jobs done. Uh, that is not at all unusual, simply because. We, as an organization, have made commitments to bring organizations to Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Perfect example, the Bolins Congress, which will be coming in 2025. Well, that was committed five years ago. We need to be able to, to extend this money that we're going to be bringing events and conferences and, and sporting events to the city. So uh, it does not have a sunset. And yeah. again, we are, just give you a, qu- a quick little background on us. We are a, a political subdivision formed by the state legislature mm-hmm. we are subject to all open uh, books and laws we are uh, the, we were the second destination marketing organization that's what we're called yeah. Destin- second one in the state to be accredited by the international association convention of visitors bureaus now called destinations international we were the first to be reaccredited we are uh, under constant scrutiny on on the way we do business the sure. way we operate sure uh, I am a certified uh, destination marketing executive. I have two of my staff members going after that certification. We, as a as a destination marketing organization, are held in high standards, and we will put what we do and how we do it against any other destination marketing organization in the country. Well, you know, the work done downtown, and you know, Paulie, I've known you a while, and and. Everybody, I think people who know you and know the work that you're doing down there, they see how legit it is and the impact it has on Baton Rouge. Kind of an on-subject but off-topic question. We we no longer have the Bayou Country Superfest, at least in the interim. That's right. And I know that there is going to be a move. You're always looking to get opportunities like that. Mm-hmm. So for people who are saying skeptically so, oh, we're never going to get anything like that again. I don't believe that. Uh, is is Maybe not of that scale, but I, I think you're always looking for someone else who would take a chance on Baton Rouge. Is that fair? Well, I think there's a couple things you, we need to look at. One, the, the sustainability of the large arena show, not only in Baton Rouge, but across the country sure. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. The other thing is there are certain... Uh, I want to use the word festivals, events that we currently have in our community that could be upgraded through programming mm-hmm. and through promotion. You know, you can have the greatest event in the world unless you advertise it, promote it, it ain't going to happen. Right. You can have the worst event, you still have to have programming. So sure. therefore, we are looking at utilizing some of this money to enhance what we currently have to make them more visitor-driven. Mm-hmm. Michael and I have had con- conversations on and on about doing some type of an indoor-outdoor event utilizing the River Center and and the, uh, the Raising Cane River Center and the area around it. That's something that's going to take a certain amount of investment, and it's something that we're going to look into. As far as Country Fest goes, uh, we're going to work to bring that back to Baton Rouge. I think there's a couple things we need to look at. One, the sustainability of a yeah. stadium show. Two, bringing all the, the, the partners together, sure. us, the city, the state, and LSU. Well, was it a moneymaker? Bayou Country Superfest, mm-hmm. from our point of view, it was without doubt the largest event that came here every go. year to Baton Rouge. There you go. And if it comes back, it's going to be because we're stepping up. Yeah. And it's, if it doesn't, it's not going to be because we didn't step up. Yeah. We recognize the value of those types of I events. I remember when, when they were talking about it and you know people were like, what are you going to do? I said, are you nuts? <laughs> this thing is going to get national and inter- international attention. 
and it's what you want. What? Well, let me. What's the seating capacity of the main arena of the Raising Canes River Center? It's eighty six hundred in the bowl. When we had Elton John last year, we were sold out at ten thousand three hundred. He did three sixty, so seating all the way around. Um, in a couple weeks here, we'll have Chris Stapleton. That sold out mm-hmm. seventy five hundred seats. Sold out in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the typical what we call end stage one eighty mm-hmm. typical big concert like. Uh, um, uh, you know, is, is about 7,500. So yeah. we have a number of concerts that are 7,500. Elton John was, you know, 10,300 in the is, round. Is that ideal? Do you want to increase the seating capacity or are you about where you want to be? Well, you know, to, to increase the seating capacity means increasing the whole footprint. And right. that's, that's a, that's a, an enormous job mm-hmm. in the, in the, in 2014, the city did an AACOM study of what it would take to bring the arena, uh, the, the River Center facility, up to current mm-hmm. standards in mm-hmm. 2014. And the focus of that is is, is improving the guest experiences. Yeah. Um, and that is that is the focus of what's happening right now in the theater. Mm-hmm. So people are going to start seeing that work, you know, starting here in the next, you know, 10 or so months. Um, and But in the, for the arena, that is the focus of what we're trying to do is to improve the, the, the patron and the performance experiences mm-hmm. you know there's when you're trying to bring a big show in there's a couple factors involved um, you know you got to sell tickets you got to whatever that per cap is for the for the for the promoter mm-hmm. they got to be able to come to town and they got to make a few bucks mm-hmm. that's the business of it the performer has to enjoy the experience while they're there mm-hmm. otherwise they're gonna tell the promoter I ain't going to Baton Rouge right, right. so uh, those both of those things are important so we're, we're trying to make the improvements so the patrons yeah. love coming down they deserve it yeah we're capital city here yep. and there's a lot of people that want to come to big events and they, you know, every once in a while they don't mind driving down to New Orleans and spending more. Oh, sure. But yeah. they want to do it right here in their home. Well, it's, it's ideal. You know, the, I think the last time that I was in the, the arena this year was for the governor's prayer breakfast. Mm-hmm. If that tells you how long ago that was, um, it was, and that, that was actually in the ballroom. It was right. in the ballroom. Yep. And, but just moving around in there, you got good people working there. They, if they, if you look like you don't know where you are, they come up and, and and to me those kinds of things when you visit cities, those are the things you remember. Yeah. Uh, the, the you know the wait staff, the way people interact down there. For y'all, Baton Rouge's downtown has been the subject of a lot of conversation, especially over the last maybe decade mm-hmm. and a half. If you had to tell someone in Southeast Baton Rouge about downtown, because you know. The, the, the whole glacier thing about being in different places. What would you say about why they should come to downtown Baton Rouge? Well, again, we're going to look at two things. One, downtown is one part of what we sell and then the rest of the parish. But let's just take downtown for a second. Michael will tell you how many people he parishes, he, he um, <clears throat> hires and, and employs from throughout the parish. Yeah. I can tell you every time an event comes to downtown Baton Rouge and stays in a hotel, hotel currently collects 16% uh, excuse me, fourteen percent tax. Of that, three percent goes to Rivers uh, to Baton Rouge uh, visit Baton Rouge. The other percent goes to River Center currently. But the remainder is spent throughout the community. That's like like how ten percent. Yeah, how ten percent goes to the city for for, for uh, operations. Goes to the school board. Goes to um, 
uh, cats. It goes to several different uh, sources, but that's just a hotel tax. Mm-hmm. An individual that stays in a hotel, the hotel cost is about 25 to 28% of what they t- their total expenditures is. They spend the additional on food. Mm-hmm. They spend the additional on transportation, on shopping. They shop at the malls. They go to restaurants from throughout the community. It is beyond downtown that the money is spent. Yeah. But again, the vast majority of the conferences and conventions and sporting events that we bring to Baton Rouge, you hotels, College Drive area, Essen, Acadian, and... and uh, yeah, Well, they're here on Bluebonnet now. They're on Bluebonnet. I mean, my God, one of the greatest the street, hotels yeah. we've got for conferences is right here on Bluebonnet. Yeah. So the money is spent throughout Millerville, throughout the, uh, throughout the entire parish, south, north, airport, what have you. The visitor spends money throughout the parish, and the money is is distributed throughout the parish. Mike, and I was just going to add, Clay. You know, I, I remember a few months back, I was you know lunchtime. I'm I'm in one of the many great restaurants down on Third, and the general manager pulled me over and goes, "What was going on at the River Center last night?" I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He goes, "We were packed. We had a line. We were slammed last night. What was going on?" Oh, I said, "Oh, we had it was the Boston concert, and the Boston concert was a relatively smaller concert. Right. It was you know we had four thousand people yeah. there." not the 7,500 yeah. we're going to have here in a couple of weeks. But, right. you know, it's a great thing when people can come down and they can just park. They can go out for drinks, cocktails, go see a great mm-hmm. show, have mm-hmm. dinner. It's all walkable. And in some communities, you know, the, that, that that arena, I'm not going to name them, some of them around us, uh, you know, up north you mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, but, you know, that arena may sit kind of out on its own. And oh no! It's very much it's out on its own. Kind of out on a little island, and you got to just go there, and you know whatever's in the arena is what you get. That's interesting you say that because I actually was one of the sponsors for an event up there. I'm a member of the Bozier and the Shreveport Chamber, so my first time up there, and finding out where the I said this is there's nothing out here, man. <laughs> you could be stranded out here for hours if there's not an event going on and you run out of gas, but. It's a beautiful arena, but it's what? It's got to be less than 20 years old, huh? Yeah. You know, it's 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 a great facility and, and yeah. they do a lot of big events up yeah. there, but they, you know, and they, they have some advantages, you know, yeah. they have, you know, you know, they can park a lot of semi trucks out there if they need That's to. That's the other thing. <laughs> Lots of parking over there mm-hmm. and, and we we talked about parking earlier and and you, like you said it, I don't think people mind paying for it. I wanted to come back. One of y'all said that because I do it when I go in, into cities. I don't mind having some you know coins with me to mm-hmm. to pay because I know the car is going to be there when I get back. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of the nature of doing business. Do you think people have a a functional understanding of how this works when you're developing? Not to be condescending to anyone, but when you're developing and and modernizing a downtown area. I, th- I think that there's more parking available downtown than we... No, no, not just re- on parking, but I mean overall, in general. In general. Oh, the, as far as a trip downtown sort of Well, thing? no, I guess what I mean is when... I remember doing a canvas trip with the chamber uh-huh. in Nashville and that years ago, and that was one of the things that they talked about is how they really wanted to create the downtown experience sure. for people who were there, that you can come down, you can see a show, you can grab drinks, dinner, or just kind of, you know, just sit and enjoy being downtown. Well, Baton Rouge is starting to, to do a little bit of that, and I don't know if, if folks understand the economic impact it has on the rest of the parish if people are coming into your area and spending money down there, I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, like we said, let's just take the visitor alone. And, and last year in 2016, we had about over 4 million visitors to Baton Rouge. That's 4 million. That's 10 times the population. Better than 10 times the population yeah, of Baton that's Rouge. That's a big number. Think about 
again, the money that is spent, the money that the waitress and, and servers take home in cash and go to the hairdresser that's used, and that cash turns over and turns over. Think about the opportunities that we're bringing here for entertainment yeah. that we and the entertainment that we can bring in when this tax passes. The, um, the impact that it has on Baton Rouge as a brand. Yeah. When people are in the arena watching the Elton John concert from Baton Rouge or elsewhere, Social media, what a wonderful time they're having in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That you can't put a price on. Yeah. Um, and and again, going back to the tax, this tax is not on Baton Rouge people. Yeah. It's on people who visit Baton yeah. Rouge. Yeah. You know, and, and I still call my, you know, I'm told I'm not supposed to do this anymore, but I still do. You know, I've been here three years. I call myself a little bit of the outsider still. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned we had bowling er, yeah. uh, earlier this year. Uh, and that was a long event, more sure. than four months. And seeing all of these ladies come in from all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And they're coming here to experience that Louisiana Cajun spirit. No question. And I'm going to tell you from somebody who came in, it's fantastic. And I oh, think yeah. some of the people here, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, we have. People here love food oh, and no fun and yeah. getting out and they yeah. support each other and they yep. treat each other great yep. and these ladies are going back to their you know their bowling teams up in podunkville wherever mm-hmm. and they're bridged and they're talking about how great baton rouge was yeah. how many of them are planning their next vacation to come yeah. back i bet you and i tell few. you if you go to other parts of the state with the exception of maybe new orleans Lots of places around Louisiana are envious of what's happening in Baton Rouge. Uh, I, and it I, is true. Yeah. I hear it. I mean, it's like I said, because you're here, you don't think about it. But hell, just we mentioned Shreveport earlier. If To listen to people there talk about what's happening in Baton Rouge, it would really be stunning to people here. Yeah. You, know, you know, Clay, I look at things holistically, too. This past summer, we had something like six sporting events back to back. Uh, in this community, which t- took a certain amount of bid fees that we yeah. had to, to pay. And when yeah. we bring the soccer tournament back, which yeah. cost us 30000 in 2010 and 2014, that's going to cost us $200,000. Wow. But let me tell you, we had something called the Marucci uh, World Series, where we had a couple thousand um, youth baseball players uh, in our community, plus their parents and friends mm-hmm. and what have you. Now, think about the experience they had here as high school and below, the ones that are going to say, maybe I'll go to school at Southern or at LSU. Mm-hmm. Gee, this is a cool city. Maybe I would like to go to school here and eventually uh, you know, live in Baton yeah. Rouge. Yeah. When you bring an event to Baton Rouge where someone has a good time and experiences all that we have to offer, it opens up to the opportunity for that person saying wonderful things about living here, yeah. doing business here. It, and it's, and again, who pays for it? The visitor pays that additional, what we're looking for, additional 2% tax. I think that, uh, I I mean, and that's the biggest point, that this is a tax that's overwhelmingly paid for by people who are coming into and getting out of cities. And for everybody listening who who moves around and travels a lot, you get it. Because when you go into places, you want nice hotels, you want, you know, nice, nice accoutrements in terms Mm -hmm. of restaurants and what have you around them. Uh, what's coming up uh, at the at the Raisin Cane's River Center this fall? That's big. Well, I mentioned you know before we have um, we have actually three back to back nights coming up. We have okay. uh, Chris Stapleton, yeah. Uh, then we have Blackjack Symphony uh, doing uh, Fleetwood Mac in the theater. So if there's any Fleetwood Mac fans out there, yeah, come on down. <laughs> yeah, that's on the twentieth. Um, and and then we have Charlie Wilson on Saturday. Yeah. Three back to back great nights. Yeah. And then we have holidays coming up. And you know, kicking off the holiday spirit. That's a spirit big deal. It is, and it takes over a lot of the facility. But that's just one of those events happen every year. That's just the it's the 
you know, the unofficial kickoff of the holiday season right, here. Right, right. And I remember, you know, thinking back last year when we had, you know, the flood and we had the shelter and the holidays was the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Elton John in the holidays right about the same time. And we needed to get that shelter operation done and we needed to have holidays mm-hmm. just for everybody's healing purposes. Yeah. yeah. Something we've got Man, going on right really, now. Right. Something we've got going on now, Clay, that, that I think is really cool. In conjunction with the State Office of Tourism and 225 Magazine, we've got uh, prepaid postage-paid postcards in every issue of this month's 225, and the postcards are also available at the library, uh, the main library, where a citizen here at Baton Rouge can write a postcard, prepaid postage, to an out-of-town friend and family saying, come to Baton Rouge this huh. fall, what we've got we got so much going on this Halloween weekend, the twenty eighth between the book fest, the parade, all yeah. of the, uh, uh, the 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 haunted house downtown. So much going on that weekend, and then coming into the holidays with the Christmas tree lighting, we're going to have an announcement soon with that Kansas City special holiday train coming back through Baton Rouge. We've got um, the Red Stick Revelry on New Year's Eve, yeah. closing off the Baton Rouge two hundredth anniversary. Yeah. We're encouraging your listeners to pick up the phone and invite their out-of-town friends and family or pick up one of those postcards. Drop a note to Grandma love saying, that. love yeah. to have you here. Yeah, I love that. So, And if people want to learn more about the tax, where can they go to read more about they it? They can go to com, and I think it's under uh, tourism. But if they get to visitbatonrouge.com, they will have... Uh, the opportunity to see more about what uh, what the tax would uh, involve, and then for people who want to get up on what's coming to the Raising Canes River Center, yeah, ra- RaisingCanesRiverCenter.com, and I always encourage people sign up for the newsletter because mm-hmm. then when we do announce a new show, you get that email first, and often those shows will go on sale before they go on sale to the general public. You'll get that opportunity to go on sale and get your seats before the general on sale, so you get a special code. So I always tell people if you do like and i hope everybody gets out and goes to live events you know we have such a variety we have a little bit of everything that plays there uh you know sign up for that newsletter so then you're the first to know and you get any discounts or the opportunity to buy your tickets uh, early Uh, and one other thing clay we mentioned uh what's coming up we have skating on the river coming back and it's such a fun day for if you have a company or you want to treat Oh, it could be a birthday party too, yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you want to treat your your employees and have and, and take a whole session, yes. it's a lot of fun, and we encourage people to come down and do the skating what, on the road. What river. would it take to get Paulie on some skates? I can tell you right now, I cannot ice skate. I cannot roller skate. I was. I think I didn't learn how to ride a bicycle until I was thirteen. I know my limitations. <laughs> Paul Arigo with Visit Baton Rouge and Michael Day with the Raisin Canes River Center. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Clay. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Always enjoy talking to Paul Arrigo, and I got to tell you, I enjoy talking with Michael Day as well. Man, bright guy with his finger on the pulse of what needs to happen there. And that building is old. I mean, 40 years old and 
not really having had a bunch of renovations done. I thought that they had done some facelift work there, and maybe that's about all it was, just a couple of inexpensive cosmetic upgrades, but really nothing of of consequence done there in the River Center. So we'll see what happens with this tax that comes up in under a month. So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that there was something I wanted to talk about with you that was about priorities, right? And it centers around something I saw earlier this week that is one of the most heinous things I'd ever seen. And then the following day, something similar happened about an hour away from where we are. So the day was a Monday and I'm in the office starting the day, starting the week, and I get one of these push notifications from one of the local news stations, and then I got a couple after that, that talked about the fact that this guy, 33 years old, had beaten, stabbed, and then shot an 11-month-old. Beaten, stabbed, and then shot an 11-month-old. And so I just took a moment to think about how horrific that was and just yeah, thought about it. And then, of course, the day just bombarded me. And it's a Monday. So all of the things that I have going on, full schedule, crisscrossing town and, and, and getting as much as I can done in a day as, as I try to do every day. And then I, I, I remembered getting home and then sitting down and then it just kind of came back to me and I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, man, all through the day as I'm in and out of talk radio, getting in and out of my vehicle and the things that people are the most fired up about seem often to be so silly. And then there are some consequential issues that that are being discussed in media but and to be honest with you, in so many ways, it's, it's, it's foolishness because of the, some of the people who are choosing to be the loudest voices, who don't offer any logic, who don't offer any solutions. They just want to scream at one another. And I'm thinking, if you want to think about something that should draw everyone together, regardless of race, religion, economic status, regardless of anything, any separator, If you want to think about something that should draw us together and have a sobering impact on all of us, it is the fact that someone in our society could do that to anyone, let alone an 11-month-old child. This is why I ignore so many of the issues that people tell me I have to be fired up about because in so many cases, it's me, 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 me. Be fired up about this because I care about this. And it's almost a a narcissistic, inward-facing view of the world. But for me, 
when I see travesty or tragedy at any level in any place, regardless of the color, I can have sympathy for people or empathy for people. But this, this is a reflection of how we are not getting it right. No person should have the capacity to do this. And then the next morning, we learn about an 18-month-old that was stabbed and suffocated in a New Orleans home. The first one was in Zachary, Louisiana. And for those of you who are not familiar with the area because you're listening in some other place, Zachary is just outside the city of Baton Rouge, inside the parish of East Baton Rouge Parish. And in Louisiana, we don't have counties, we have parishes. All I'm saying is this. We need to take a beat and to take a look at each other and ask ourselves, how much are we accomplishing to improve mankind and to give our children a better society by doing it the way we're doing it. Because when our children are not safe, our communities are not okay. When we don't value children, even those that are not ours, I think we're missing it. And all of this left-right crap that goes on in politics And some of the debates that we have that are just, to me, ridiculous. And so many arguments that are about helping society, in my opinion, are just, they're specious. Or or in other words, they they sound like the right thing to be talking about, but we're being hornswoggled. (laughs) Just one person's opinion. Rest in peace to those babies and to babies around the globe, to children around the globe that are not safe. And I just believe we can do better. And I hope we can get started in the effort of doing better. Just one man's opinion. Not saying that people have to be perfect, because I sure as hell am not perfect. But there are lows that none of us should be capable of stooping to. And that should be the subject of a little bit more conversation Just one man's opinion, whether you agree with me or not, just one man's opinion. Thank you so much for listening to The Clay Young Show. We appreciate Paul Arrigo and Michael Day for being with us on this show. And, you know, I got to tell you, I'm not the biggest tax guy, but, you know, I move around a pretty good deal and stay in hotels and, and lots of other cities. And I can tell you that you pay that when you go other places and it does have an impact. And so this is one that I I kind of am okay with, just shooting you straight. Not that it matters. (laughs) Y'all have a good one, and I'll catch you next time here on podcast225.com. While you are here, check out the Waiting Room Podcast. It's a good one. See you next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.